What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy here on the Popcorn Talk Network. We are talking about the godfather of the animated genre in this current age, Toy Story. This movie, what more can we say? We're going to try for an hour to say it right now. Come in with us. We'll see you guys in a second. <laughs> Welcome to Popcorn Talk. It's funny. Movie it's News and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Did you guys hear me say funny? Because it was. Because my mic was still on. (laughs) My mic's hot. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know if you guys caught me with my mic still being hot (laughs) on the CRL stream a couple weeks ago where we did an interview and then we all stared and looked at the camera and smiled for 10 seconds. And then I go, that shit was clean. And we're still live. Yeah. We're a children's broadcast. It's funny. Cursed on air. It was It was great. Were you embarrassed? Uh, I was very upset, actually, more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. What are we here for? We're here to talk about <laughs> Toy Story. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie-related and pop culture by the bucketful. We're here to talk to you about Toy Story 1 with Toy Story 4 opening this weekend. We're in real time. This is live. I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Toy Story 1 opens this weekend. I missed uh, both my screeners. Yeah, I got to go last uh, last Tuesday. I know there's another one uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. That, uh, and I enjoyed Toy Story 4 a lot. Um, I thought that movie was, was really good. Uh, I have my thoughts on the franchise and sort of what it should mean uh, going forward. But today we are going to be talking about the wonderful 1995 classic Toy Story 1, a movie that I feel is very far from the confines of a movie we, we, we would have covered on this show. Oh, we 100%. Covered, we haven't covered many animated movies on this show. In fact... Uh, have we covered what have we covered that's animated? Those in the chat. Um, <laughs> since you guys are better at knowing our show than we are. Yeah, what have we covered? We, did we ever cover Incredibles One? Or did we not do that? <clears throat> we covered Spider Verse, right? Well, yeah, Spider Verse. That's I think that's it. Is that the only animated movie we've ever covered on the show? I think so. I don't think we've ever covered another animated movie. Hmm. Um guys, let us know in the chat if we have we ever have. I I, I truly don't think so, other than into the Spider Verse, which was Amazing! Can't yeah. wait to watch it again. Interesting. Uh, we'll be doing Far From Home in a couple weeks. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Toy Story 1. So guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We are uh, talking about action movies on this show. It's not totally an action movie, but it is kind of one. The uh, action movies on this show that we covered here at Four Basic Rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Uh, I guess I guess Woody kind of does because he ends up like trying to kill Buzz and then like realizing he needs to save Buzz and then pretty like, funny. yeah, it is pretty that. hilarious. Tom Hanks is a pretty great shit weasel. Yeah. I, I really like that. This is like the closest <clears throat> to him being a villain that we kind of get. Oh, yeah. That was something we wanted to ask the chat, guys. Uh, yeah. is, does Tom Hanks ever play a true villain in any movie? I mentioned like maybe in The Lady Killers, and then you were saying uh, Cloud App. No, not Cloud uh, uh, The animated one. The animated not one. Not Polar Express. <laughs> Any voice in a... Animated movie? I we were talking about something. Maybe not. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't remember totally uh, if, if he's done much in the way of playing a villain. But, I mean, yeah, he's u- usually, I would say, a hero character. Oh, here we go. we got some people in the chat watching. Yeah, we got people in the chat. Uh, there's um, an ad. ad I really wish I had the first page of my outline here. Right. It's funny <laughs> that you don't. I did that intentionally. Um, so, uh, rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. I don't know who the villain is in this movie, really, if it's... I don't know if there is a villain in this movie, really. The whole villain of this whole franchise is just time. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Right. I know, I know. Like, yeah, a growing... um, Let's see. How do we look here? Wow, we look really HD. That's yeah. pretty cool. I know. I love it. I love yeah. the new. I love the new camera. The new HD the new studio. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrific. Um, um, I I think 
you have to say that's that Sid. It's Sid, right? I just keep wanting to call him Spike. I don't know why. It drives me crazy. Well, Spot. Spud? Scud, 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 and Sid. Hmm. Uh, Sid is the true villain. If you needed, like, put a face to the villain, right? Yep. Uh, rule number three: <clears throat> the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. I mean, we got a cowboy and a space, and a space ranger. Man. A space so, ranger. This is one hundred percent follows the rules. And rule number four is at least a minimum of one explosion. There is the firework at the end. The rocket that, blows up. Yeah, and Sid blows a bunch of toys. And, up. Yeah, Sid does. Sid's he's sick, evil. Sick kid. Sick kid. So uh, we're gonna be talking all about this movie today. A couple quick shout outs to some brand new patrons in the Action Army. I got uh, Tom Burton <clears throat> here and Cutter Hale. Got to meet oh, Cutter. Cutter. In yeah, Cutter yeah. was awesome. Dude. So uh, we salute you guys. Thank you for being uh, patrons in the Action Army. That's patreon.com slash teamaction. We do exclusive <clears throat> behind-the-scenes content every single week there. Uh, we also are doing live streams now on the Action Industries YouTube, which is yeah. where you can find a lot of that content. So go subscribe there. Uh, that Action Industries live stream, that, that we do one on Tuesday. No, uh, no. We do, we're doing one tonight. There you go. With you guys, uh, we'll be doing it at five p.m. Five I believe, p.m. Pacific, Pacific Standard Pacific. Time. That's, that's, that's the that's the, that's the paired stream where Drew and I are going to be like shooting the the crap. That's no. <laughs> cool. Real cool. I'm not going to be there uh, for <laughs> one then, hour at five o'clock, and then uh, Wednesday at nine thirty p.m. Right, I'm back from Michigan. I'll be doing that one, and then you do a Thursday stream at two p.m., which so, I should be able to do this week. Yeah. yeah. So every single week, that's the new schedule. So go check those out. Some of those live online right now. Uh, but uh, again, thanks Cutter and Tom for being patrons in the Army. Coming up today on the show, we're going to be having a conversation about career-defining role for Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. It's a really interesting conversation we started having about what are, what is the most associative role that these guys have. Um, and so we're really looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, guys, really prep that because I, I'd love to see the chat and your guys' opinion when we get to that because Ben and I went back and forth for a long time and we even texted other people to say what they thought their career-defining roles for those uh, gentlemen were. So <clears throat> I really wish I had the front page of <laughs> Yeah, no, it's funny that you don't. I keep saying that. Um, but uh, last couple quick shout-outs here, guys. If you want to follow along with us personally, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media. You guys can find me at Andrew Guy. You can find our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash actionindustries. Make sure to comment, like, subscribe right here on the Popcorn Talk Network. This has been our home for four years, and our our YouTube channel is budding. It is fresh. It's just hit 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, so it's, it's young and new, which yeah. is uh, not what we are. <laughs> no, we are. We are definitely not. Yeah, we're uh, we're but we're building that, and we have this incredible team, Action Industries, that are working with us here to, to build that whole thing. Uh, just a quick shout out to Liam Crowley, who is our he's our guest booker and our PR yes. coordinator. Liam has been working tirelessly to try to book us guests, and we got very close to actually booking a special guest for this episode. We're a big do, guest. Yeah, we we're going to have a call in segment, and uh, we coordinated. It didn't end up working out, unfortunately. Um, and hopefully, that guest actually circles back, and we get to, to work with them later. But uh, just so Liam, if you're watching, and you know uh, we that. That was really close on this one, and we're going to get there. We're going to get an awesome guest booked, and you've been killing it. Yeah. Uh, we just want you to know on air that we are huge fans of what you're doing. Yeah, you can consider this one. You can chalk this one up as a big victory for you, man, because uh, it would not have happened without you, even though it still didn't happen, but it, it probably will in the future. So that is all we'll say about that. Yeah, and I suggest <clears throat> we get into the next bit of the show, which is thesis statement. This is your yes. biggest, boldest thought about the film. This is something that you, if you were talking about this movie at a party, you would say, you know, the thing about Toy Story that is so perfect is this. Mm-hmm. And you would kind of say it, and then you'd be like, drop the mic. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about the Toy Story franchise is that all three of them, all four of them, uh, are 99% or better on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I think one of them is 99%, the other three are 100%. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think, I think four is still at 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so Crazy. these these movies are sort of mythic in their in their appeal. They're like on this next level. Uh, Ryan, who is uh, now basically the main producer running Popcorn Talk, oh, uh, yeah. working. he's a big Toy Story fan. We were talking, and he was like, you know, I think my favorite is actually Toy Story Two, which I know is considered the worst. And I was like, well, when you talk about the worst, right, being one or zero percentage points off the others, like, and it's still in the high nineties. Yeah, yeah, it's. I don't, I don't think two might even honestly have a hundred. Still, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I think it might. I'm not. I'll, I mean, we, there's got to be a way we can <laughs> find this out. Way we can look this stuff up. <laughs> no way. But uh, I will jump in first here okay. with my thesis, and I will say the greatest triumph of Toy Story One is that this movie succeeds as an absolute classic in just 81 minutes. Yes. It's yes. so refreshing and wonderful to watch this movie because as you get into your memorable nostalgia moments that you're such a fan of and it's like, oh, this movie's working, it's firing all cylinders, you're just like, and there's not that much left. I like, I'm totally right. engaged. Oh, we're in the third act already and this is great. All my favorite moments. I'm still going to get everything I love in this movie, but it's not going to take me two hours and 21 minutes. It's like, it's just such a different experience than we get in movies these days. Like every movie feels like it has to be two hours long and right. it's exhausting. Yeah, and this being at 81 minutes, it's perfect. It moves seamlessly. There's never, there's not even a, there's not time for you to even think about whether or not you want the movie to end or keep going. It's just great. It just moves so well. And, um, yeah, I, I agree with this whole two-hour kind yeah. of movie thing, this this trend that we're stuck in right now. It's not even that I think that two-hour movies are bad. I no, love not a lot of my favorite movies are long. It's just more like I like watching a movie that can succeed so well and tell me so much and everything I need in such a short amount of time. It's a good reminder of, like, you don't need that much. Right. You can do it in a shorter time if you do it right. And this movie just does it right. Like, it's from the very first frames, it's like they establish everything. These characters are wonderful. It's so clever all throughout. Yeah, it's so clever is is like the greatest word to use to describe Toy Story. It's like all the toys and the way they interact and the toys that they use, the ones that are popular at the time. It's like such a great bite of nostalgia for anyone that's our age. And so for me, I think what I'm going to hop in and say is my thesis statement is that and this is a big one. I wanted to just say that it's the greatest animated franchise of all time, but that's not really that bold. I think I think most people would probably agree with that. What would even be like? Yeah, what would be next up? I mean, so for me, I think. I think Tom Hanks is just the most transparent actor that we've witnessed. Transparent? Transcendent. Tra- no, like like transparent in his roles. Like, no matter what you see him in, it's not Tom Hanks. He's right. actually... Because, like, a lot of times when you watch Leo, and a lot of times when you even watch D-Day Lou, you still see them being themselves. Right, right, right. right. Tom Hanks doesn't do that. No. It's crazy. You watch him in The Lady Killers. You watch him in The Post. You, you hear him as Woody. Yeah. You watch him in Castaway, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump. Like, every single time... Like, maybe he's just the greatest actor of our generation because I mean, he's so good. And when you hear him as Woody, you think, man, that guy is literally giving everything he's got to this role yeah. as the first animated, the first completely com- com- CGI film there's ever been. Yeah. And Tom Hanks never has an ego about it. No. I know. I, that's one of the questions I asked you last night we were watching. Like, how many times out of 100 do you think this succeeds in the way that it did? Where, like, they, they come to Hanks and like, hey, so, you know, Pixar, it's this new studio. It's going to be to- full CGI movie. And it's this about toys alive. They're all talking yeah. to each other. It's funny. You'd be playing a cowboy named Woody. What do you think? And he's like, they're like, it's not like any of these other Disney movies that have been really successful the last six years. This is a brand new thing. And it might work. We don't know how good it's going to look. We think it's going to be great. And Hanks is like... Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, and and uh, sounds like a good plan. And it turns out to be Toy Story, and and like just another, and yeah, you were asking, you're like, 
you wonder how good the script looked before before all the other stuff. Right. Because also on paper, when you look at the script, it reads like that. It has to. It's eighty minutes, there's a ton of action. So yeah. action like unscripts, you know, if you're if you're if you're looking at it to read like do I care enough? It's like that's stuff you can like move through pretty quickly. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Hanks has always done a great job with picking his roles. Yeah. He's got a great management team, he's got a great eye as an actor, but there's just something about him and listening to him play Woody where you're just like there's so many moments where I'm watching him, it's like, Jesus, that's Tom Hanks. Yeah. It's like one of the most famous people in the world at the time taking on this movie. And like even his catchphrases like reach for the sky. Yeah. They're so well done. Yeah. It's like so everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Hanks. The older I get, the more I just just adore him and everything he does. Yeah, he's really He's really special. He's uh, he's he's one of the all time one of the all time heroes. Um, yeah. So did you throw in your thesis? What that was it. Was it? He is like. Oh, I, Tom try, Hanks is the most. Is transparent the wrong word? I feel like there's a different word I want to use, and I can't think of what it is. He's a chameleon. You're yeah. I, you're saying that he is the most Tom Hanks, or like, like maybe he's just the greatest character actor ever. That he just like you're basically saying that he just like you don't see Tom Hanks ever. Yeah. And like if you do, it's because he's supposed to kind of be like a normal guy yeah but yeah, anytime yeah. that he's supposed to be something otherwise or something extraordinary or, or underwhelming like you love hannity more than any or what's his yeah what's his name in uh, catch me if you can hanratty hanratty Carl you hanratty. love hanratty that's like might be your favorite character he's ever played yeah i'm a big fan and and like he's just you love him in that you feel for him you understand where he comes from even if he's the bad guy right you're still rooting for him yeah i mean hank's just he also just like defines an era in our life because of because of like the the style of character that he was where he's like kind of goofy but confident and like lovable i mean i think the biggest misstep of tom hanks's entire career honestly is the da vinci code franchise it's the same thing with ron howard what what were you saying is the worst part of his career the biggest misstep of his whole career yeah Uh, it's just that whole entire franchise for him and for ron howard like just stole this essential part of his career at at a time that he was like and I get why you do it. It's it's not that I don't understand why you do it. Because it's oh, this course. huge novel, and yeah. it was well-loved. And, it's and honestly, cool... the first one wasn't that bad. Yeah, the first one's fine. Yeah. But just, like, making two more of those movies, it's just, like, so many wasted years and releases and promotions. So, anyway, um, we're going to continue moving through the show here, guys, to fist pump moment. So, yeah. yeah. What's up? Uh, so, uh, Denuso was saying in the chat that he believes that this is... Uh, Denuzio, excuse me, says that this is Tom Hanks's career-defining role. Career-defining role so yeah. I'm really excited to get to that conversation. Yeah, so we'll get to that here just after we do fist pump moments. So fist pump moments, that moment something happens in the movie, you kind of look around, you're like, are you seeing this right now? Are you watching this? This is the coolest thing I've ever seen! Yeah. I'm so hyped I get to watch the rest of this movie. Um, and uh, it's funny, because it's a kid's movie. Right. So a proper fist pump, I feel like, is different. It's more like a fist pump of, uh, you're just sort of, it's like you're into it. Like it's yeah. like, you're, and for us, probably it's more of a nostalgia thing. A hundred percent, and that's why <clears throat> my fist pump actually comes within the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's when Woody's up there talking into the megaphone. I also really love the etch a sketch draw moment. I love that. There's yeah. something so adorable about that. But it's when he's sitting there talking to all the other toys about the party, and then he gets the army men involved. And you look at this, you look at this picture, and you're just like, man, my whole childhood is on that bed. Yeah, like almost every toy and even almost every emotion I had. Yeah. Is, is right here in this scene, and then, and then they go right into the first mission of Toy Story, which is to figure out what the toys are and yeah. the way that they do it. Mother bird, mother bird, like 
It's just so well done. You said the word clever. Clever is like I think the best word to describe this movie. Every beat, right? Like it's, it's, it's everything. Like, it's like it's like the draw moment, and then it's like, what are you looking at? You hockey puck. And yeah. It's like, this is potato head, and it's and like even when the even when the soldier gets stepped on, he's like, no, go go on without me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, no good soldier leaves a man behind. You're yeah. like, this is what this is gonna be like. For the next, and, and I don't know the last. You watched Toy Story last year when you went through the whole Pixar yeah, thing, right? Yeah. I don't think I've actually watched the first Toy Story in maybe five years yeah. or more. So it was, yeah. Just when it started, I was like, oh my god, this is this is just as good as it's always been. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. It's aged well. Yeah, it's aged well. It's cute. It's clever. It actually is cuter and more clever than a lot of the like nostalgia driven '90s Disney movies because it doesn't feel anywhere near as like. Cookie cutter, yeah. Like the the formula is sort of cookie cutter in the in the, in the adventure, but each of the characters is just. They, it feels like you're watching like Star Wars. Like it's like the, in, right. a, in the way these characters feel so iconic when you're watching them come on screen for the first time. And that's why I sort of think my fist bump moment is. I think my fist bump moment is when Woody is having that moment where he's explaining to Buzz how cool he is. You know, Buzz has lost his confidence, and Woody's like, "You're a Buzz Lightyear toy, right? You know, other toys would kill to be you, you know." Not only yeah. that, but Andy loves you. You know, we have to get you right. He's giving him the whole speech. It's a great speech. It, it's great. And you're just like, you're like, this movie's fucking touching. It it's is. It's getting me. Like, and he's, and he's, and we talked a lot about the whole, the dynamic of these characters and the, and like popular kid syndrome. When you're like popular kid at school and the other really cool kid shows and everybody likes them and you get jealous and like. Yeah, well, because they, they depict jealousy in such an earnest, genuine way. And you honestly, you feel for Woody, but you're also like, grow up. But you totally, you've been both of them, I yeah. feel like. You've and, been the cool kid, you've been the other guy. And that's why I think this movie's so good, is the message of, of compassion and teamwork that you get out of it in the end. Talk about a great movie for kids. Like, yeah. you, you're the jealous kid, you know, you're, you're like, he's kind of moving on your territory, he's got this big ego, you're trying to make him feel stupid to be cool. Right, and then you, you know? and then you go to the extreme yeah. of, like, pushing him out the window, which, you know, maybe in real life would be, like, getting in a fight or, like, right. whatever. And then you realize, no, I just look like a and bad get, guy. Then now. they have to work together to like save him because it's for the greater good. It's teamwork, and yeah. it's like it's just that that whole part of it is just so awesome. Um, so for me, it's that it's that moment when he's explaining to him because that's a theme throughout the Toy Story movies. Is it always in the end? It comes down to our job is to take care of the kid. Right. Our job is to be there for the kid. That's why that's why we exist. Yeah. It's ultimately all about that. That's the greater good. And you know, each of the toys has to learn that. In in these stories, a lot of the toys like it's 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 training the toys to get that. Buzz doesn't get that at first. Right. He it's not about that. you. You know, in Toy Story Four, you guys have seen the ads with Forky, um, the the spork. Oh. With the googly eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, they can, I mean, I won't spoil the movie, but like basically Sporky Forky is what Forky looks like. It's <laughs> just, a spork that is created sport. by a kid and like newly born. And Woody has to be like, You're a new toy. Your right. job is to take care of a kid. Right. That's what you are. That's cool. That's cool. Um, um some fist pumps in here. Albert says, uh, we're at Harma. Weird Harma, I believe. Says, this isn't flying, it's falling with style. This is a great moment. It's a great one. Uh, we also got when Woody talks to Sid from Denuzio. We've got uh, Liam Gilpin here saying his fist pump moment is Army Men Mission and the toys rising against Sid and the chasing of the moving truck. Those are all great. Basis1996 says, uh, I believe that's Daniel, right? <clears throat> Daniel Saul, is that true? Basis 96? Oh, no, no. He's... Never mind. Excuse me. Uh, Basis 1996 says, To infinity and beyond, before he jumps off Andy's bed to show that he can fly. Those are all really... Can. Can. Yes. Very, very good. Um, So, 
Moving on. Moving on. Um, we want to get into Star Profile, so I'm just making sure that I'm in the chat here so I can yeah, see. Yeah, no worries. So uh, Tom Hanks, we were just talking about, this is one of the greatest runs any actor could ever have. 93, he wins for Philadelphia. 94, he wins for Forrest Gump. And then he does Apollo 13 in 1995. Yeah, like, Apollo 13, 95, and the same year as he does this. Insane. Yeah, Absolutely And then the insane. next movie he does is SPR, right? Same, I think uh, he does something in 96, maybe. Or maybe he takes 96 and 97 off, but Saving Private Ryan is definitely 98. Um, so crazy. Insane. Like, Different different level than most actors ever get to experience in their career. Um, and then on the flip side of this, you have Tim Allen. He had done The Santa Claus in 1994, a movie called Tropical Snow in 1988, and he had done Home Improvement for since 91 to 94. So yeah. these are the two stars you put in your movie. Um, I always find it interesting when TV stars get that moment where they're known for TV and they get their movie moment, mm-hmm. and does it or does it not sort of allow them to transcend? And uh, it's it's more. I mean, these days it's a different market because TV yeah. is premium now like it's tv is almost as big as movies in a lot of ways unless you're in the avengers like if you're on like a big critically acclaimed hulu show and everyone watches and talks about it right it's as big of a deal as being in like a mid-level movie yeah, i mean look at john snow yeah kit harrington kit massive yeah big star um <clears throat> so i think this is a good moment to have the career defining roles conversation because yeah. you know for these guys for tim allen i think the biggest things is like tim the Toolman taylor santa claus and and buzz lightyear yeah. right like those seem like his big three those yeah they do seem like that's those are the tim allen roles and and you, you know galaxy quest that you mentioned as well yeah, is in a, there i mean because we we were having this conversation about a bunch of different people last night including like sandra bullock and julia roberts and, yeah. and really like what are you what do you know people from and, and at the at the base level you know what do people think of when they think of this person and with these guys, it feels like it has to be Buzz Lightyear for Tim Allen. Santa Claus is never like it's if it's on right. cable, fine. Right. Home Improvement's a way old show. Yeah, yeah, and it was like really popular at the time, but so were a lot of TV shows. Yeah, for me, it it just seems like it has to be right. It just ha- it just seems like it has to be Buzz Lightyear because nothing he's ever done in his career has ever been half as successful as this because this is the most successful animated franchise ever. I mean, it's. A character that's owned by the most successful media company in the world. Mm-hmm. You go into a mall and you pass by a store, and it's the Disney store, and there's Buzz Lightyear on the window. Still. There's a Toy Story yeah. 4 coming out right now that's yeah. going to open, make tons of money. The voice is distinctive to infinity and beyond. All that stuff has lived on in a way that it's really hard for other things to live on. It's been 24 years. 24 years of this character just living and everyone knowing his catchphrase. Yeah. And on the flip side, he just didn't have. He didn't have the career that Tom Hanks had. Wild Hogs, anybody? Wow, <laughs> one of our favorites, John Rocco. John Rocco. <laughs> love to see a love to see a remake of that film where John plays all the characters. I, I would I would watch a shot for shot remake of that. I mean, I'm in the Horseman now. I'd be in. I would be in the Wild Hogs. You'd be William H Macy. That'd be terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, so now on the flip side of things, <clears throat> you got Tom Hanks, right? And this is a much much harder conversation to have because. In the same way that Woody is, you would Woody would be on that same window in that same store in that same mall. He's on TV. He's you know mm-hmm. on billboards right now. But if you think about Tom Hanks's career and you say to someone like Tom Hanks, what do you think of? It feels to me like it's Forrest Gump. It does feel like Forrest Gump. J Lo is it J Lo in the booth right now, or is it Jeff? Or are we on our own? Have we been left? Hey guys. Hey. Hey. J Lo, do you have when we say the word when we say the name Tom Hanks? What movie pops in your head? Yeah. Forrest Gump. Right. It feels like it. it ha- okay, thank you. I just wanted to check in because it's always nice to just kind of f- put feelers out there. 
I mean, the only other options really are, I think there's an argument to be made for Castaway because yeah. of the impact that Castaway had at the time it came out. It's the whole idea of like, it's it's the it's biggest movie star in the world, Tom Hanks, in 2000, doing a movie on an island where it's just him and right. a freaking soccer ball. Zemeckis? Yeah, yeah. The whole movie. It's just the two of them. And it's like, that movie made such an impact at the time. Um, I think that has an argument, and then Woody would be the three for me, because I don't, I can't think of Woody, another. Woody, Forrest, and what was the other one you said? Oh, and Castaway. Yeah, because the other two that pop up a lot is like, Philadelphia is thrown in there just because it was the, the front end of the back-to-back, yeah. and then also Big, because that was one of the roles that people, like, so many people yeah. loved the idea of that movie. And he got his first Oscar nom for it, and then I guess, yeah. you know, Saving Private Ryan's a very iconic movie, and if you get sort of into the 2000s, like, there are others, but... I mean, you know, and there there are movies like you know the Green Mile. I love it. The first three comments are it's Woody Castaway, big. Come on, it's yeah. just hilarious because that's exactly what what we went back and forth with last night, and it was, it was basically the five movies, and it yeah, it feels it feels impossible to really actually call it anything other than Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump would be my vote, and I think Woody would be a close second. In yeah. some, like just because Forrest Gump is Forrest Gump. It's like, I mean, you're talking about a different, that's a different level. Like, people would say life is like a box of chocolates without ever seeing that movie. Yeah, right, exactly. Forrest Gump is a generational movie that's, like, unrivaled. Like, what, uh, you try to put movies on the same level as Forrest Gump that had that kind of a cultural impact, you have to go, you have to be talking about movies like, I don't know, like, what's on the level of Forrest Gump that you can think of in our lifetime? Movies that, like, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. uh, You know, that's got, like, iconic written all over it in the same kind of a way or like but you got to think like what's a movie named after the character that's the star of the movie right you know and then that movie wins best actor and is is as widely revered as it is and it's like the dark knight is like a yeah. forest gump level but yeah. like, we're talking generational movies these are movies where like everybody sees them twice talks about them the characters are referenced Every week, it feels like Titanic would be another one. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, like that's the level of movie we're talking about here. Where and so I think to be to be the star of that movie and have the movie named after you and this performance and like it's a great movie too. Yeah, and he's also it's like the whole thing that Downey talks about in Tropic Thunder. It's like he does such an honest and earnest depiction of what Forrest Gump's supposed to be, like the level of his intelligence without ever acting dumb or without ever like. He's never too smart for his own good. He never. Go, he doesn't go full soloist. He doesn't go full soloist, and and he's also just so endearing. And the, and the yeah. way that they tie Forrest Gump to all these massive historical moments makes you feel like he's actually there. Right. It's, it's just so well done. Yeah, I love that movie. I my, do too. My old roommate Jeff Burns, um, who, who used to come out on the show more often because I would get wasted and watch movies <laughs> with Jeff a lot. Um, he had like a, ro- a rotation of like ten movies he would watch just like on basically on repeat. Uh huh. And Forrest Gump was right at the top. I mean, I, Forrest Gump was on my place a lot. When he says, "I, I miss you, Jenny," oh, at God. the end. Oh, I like almost want to cry right now just know, thinking, thinking about, about it. it. It's, He's taking care of the kid. Yeah, that movie's great. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think for us, <clears throat> it's Buzz and Forrest. Yeah, I think that's I think that's our answer for career finding role. So yeah, I'd love to know in the chat here if anybody has a different opinion. A- Opinion, opinions. Uh, so we will be moving on into production development. One of the most fascinating things about this movie is the people that wrote it. Alex Sokolow. Alex Sokolow. Just, no, there's more than that. Uh, so there's 
Alex Sokolow, Andrew Stanton, which Andrew Stanton's been talked about a lot on the show, but then you get to Joel Cohen and Joss Whedon. Yeah, Joss was pretty well known back in the 90s for, for punching up scripts, you know, obviously <clears throat> went on to ma- massive fame with, you know, Buffy and, and obviously Avengers and mm-hmm. things like that. But uh, And then Joel Cohen, one of the one of the Cohen brothers who, and that actually happened. The Cohen brothers, I think, were co-writers in Bad Santa as well, or uh, maybe it was Joel but one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they God, both. That movie's so funny. That movie's great. We'll find a way to do that movie on this show. <laughs> Maybe we can do it on tag. Yeah, something like that. That's a good one. I'm yeah. a big fan. Of that I movie. love that movie. Um, so uh, yeah, and Andrew Stanton obviously went on to eventually direct, I believe, Finding Nemo. Uh, he's a big Pixar guy. Yeah, but yeah. You see a lot of these names. Actually, it's one of the interesting things about Pixar. A lot of these guys, if you kind of go back to the beginning, and this is the very first Pixar movie, you'll see that they're they're uh, assistant animators, production coordinators, yeah. editors, uh, you know, whatever. And then over time, each of these guys that sort of worked on one movie in one capacity, they'll end up directing a movie, or they'll end up writing a movie, or something like that. Yeah, they like put in their time working on animated movies as they're getting made, or as they're getting more popular, and then they get Finding Nemo. Or yeah, something exactly. Like that. Exactly. You get credit <clears throat> as the main. And I, I don't totally know. It's actually something I'd be curious to talk to one of the directors of these movies about someday. Like. What's it like directing an animated movie? Like, what the, what does that actually entail? It's so crazy. I mean, you got to think about how insane the storyboarding is. But then, like, what about what directors actually do? It's like they're directing the voice actors. They've got it. Like, you talked about, you know, uh, we pre-taped Fellowship of the Ring before this, and one of our favorite scenes is when Sean Bean uses the space when he sees the sword for the first time. Yeah, right. And like, that's just the same thing. If you're a director and you're looking at this, you're like, well, I'd like if they did this more. Like, maybe we should pull out farther on this shot so you can, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Totally. It's crazy. So, um, <clears throat> following the success of Pixar's 1988 short film Tin Toy, the company was approached by Disney to produce a computer animated feature film told from a small toy's perspective. So, again, Disney is just on top of their game. John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, and Pete Doctor wrote early treatments, and they were all rejected by Disney, who wanted the film's tone to be edgier, which honestly makes a lot of sense because when you get to uh, Sid's house, that shit is scary. Yeah, it's really Even scary. like last night, I was like, man, if I was a kid, this would scare the shit out of me. Um, so, after several disastrous story reels, production was halted and the script was re, uh, rewritten to better reflect the tone and theme that Pixar desired. Toys deeply want children to play with them, and this desire drives their hopes, fears, and actions, which is really depicted well in Toy Story 3 with Lots of the Bear. Do you, Yeah, for sure. Do you... Uh... <laughs> Do you remember of those scary toys, the one that freaked you out the most as a kid? Oh, 100%. It's the same one. It's the spider director set with it's, the doll, the one-eyed doll? Yeah. And it's like got the little hair. Yeah. The hair's up and ripped out. Because we all saw that creepy-ass doll with, like, the eyes that would roll open and close, and they were always, they always had short hair. Yeah. Like, they'd already been, they've always been destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, so that one was perfectly horrifying. It's such an incredible job that they did in picking the toys they picked. Like, that's a, that's <clears throat> such a, that's such an essential part of this movie. All of the toys were, like, standard toys that you could kind of... Somebody you knew or you had, like, they were the most popular toys. Slinky the dog and Etch-A-Sketch. And right, Hockey but then dog. on the other side of it, all of Sid's toys yeah. were, like, the secondhand toys that, like, you wouldn't really want. Yeah. But if you had to play with them, you would play with them. Right. You know, like, Erector sets were always cool, but they were always secondary to Legos. Yeah, right. Always. Yeah, it was harder to come up with. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 totally. Which I think is so, in, like, again, it's so well done. So, <clears throat> uh, so the studio then, consisting of a relatively small number of employees, produced the film under only minor financial constraints which honestly this movie only costing 30 million dollars is insane so john lasseter here 
It's a feature film directorial debut of him and his first feature length. Uh, this is the first uh, feature length film to be entirely computer animated, as well as the first feature length film from Pixar. So, nice way to start. Yeah, and Lasseter, uh, obviously, the first part of his career, you know, he was lauded as like, you know, genius and great. And then now, more recently with the Me Too movement, he's been one of the names. And so, that's. Oh, I, I was like trying to remember why I have this like sour taste in my mouth yeah. when I was saying his name. It was a big thing. And, and I didn't read too much into it, but I, there, was, there was a lawsuit. And, and, and some stuff like that or or if there wasn't a lawsuit there was accusations but it, it's gross uh, and it's one of those things that we don't really need to go into yeah, we don't know what the show's about <clears throat> but uh, that is the story of Laster because Laster originally did the first two Toy Story films and then he came on to do because uh, Lee Unkrich did Toy Story 3 in 2010 but he did Cars that was sort of supposed to be like the second Lasseter mm. run, right? So so if Toy Story was his original idea, then he was going to come on and he was going to make Cars the next Toy Story. And so uh, that's that's when he comes back is for Cars 1. Which, like, by the way, like I'm a big fan of Cars 1. I think I'm like the only person that likes it as much as I do. I like Cars. Yeah. I mean, you love it because of Paul Newman mostly. I just like that movie. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I, I like <clears throat> enjoy a lot about it. I really like Lightning McQueen. Um, I've never called to go back and watch it, even yeah. though I actually really like that movie. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah, the first Cars is really good. So, uh, And one quick thing here, the producers, they're Ralph Guggenheim, Bonnie Arnold, Edwin Catmull, and then, of course, Steve Jobs was one of the people that produced exactly this film. produced this movie. And it's just, when you see like a name like Steve Jobs attached to a project, a film, yeah. and you just got to be like... Is it good or is it bad? Oh, yeah. it's Toy Story. Yeah. Who would have thought? Right. <laughs> and, and, and like at the time, like even let's say even Tom Hanks knew <clears throat> that Steve Jobs was producing it, I would just hop on board. Yeah. Like because Steve Jobs has is, been revolutionary. Although at this time, he wasn't quite in the respect in the same vein. 95, yeah. He was kind of a, a different. Uh, every time I say 95, it's just I just want to say it like McConaughey and True Detective. 95. Back in 95. <laughs> um, we need to cover. We, I bet you we could cover True Detective season one on The Action Guys. We could figure out a way to do that. Do a full. Yeah. Episode. You'd have to go watch it again, though. I would be more than happy to. I've seen it several times. I love. I only seen, I've only seen the last episode like once, and I remember just being like, Bleh. The last episode, I think, is the worst episode. Right, and I still liked it. Yeah. I still like the cat and mouse. So um, <clears throat> this was produced and distributed uh, by Buena Vista and Walt Disney Pictures, produced by Pixar Animation in the future. It cost $30 million to make it. Opened November 22nd of 1995, so kind of a Christmas movie. $191 million domestic, 181 foreign for a grand total of $373 million, and it made $29 million on its opening weekend. Yeah, I don't remember if I saw this in theaters or not. I think I did. I know. I can't remember either i'm pretty sure i did but uh but it's been it's been 24 years it's hard to it's <laughs> yeah. hard to remember things I remember when I was seven i assume i probably <clears throat> did though it was i assume i probably did I, like it's funny like animated movies were n- were a thing that i would see in theaters sometimes the classic disney movies i did see a lot of and this is right in the era this is it's funny because the disney run the like really famous disney run from our lifetime right is little mermaid in 89 mm-hmm. and then beauty and the beast in 91 aladdin 92 Lion King, 94, and then it starts to get into the back half, which are not as good, which is Pocahontas in 95, Hunchback in 96, Mulan, 97, mm-hmm. Hercules, 98, Tarzan, 99. Which is still, this is still an insane run of movies. Emperor's New Groove in 2000. So the first, the first half are all like the classic classics, like every one of those right. first four. And then in that second run, it's like, I would, I would argue that Mulan is the only classic of that back half. I love The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, I remember I don't like David Spade. You know, yeah. we're fans. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. But I actually, I think of all those movies um, in the last half, I watched Mulan a lot. Right, Mulan's the classic. Yeah. And then Tar- I would say Tarzan and Hercules are both pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, this movie comes out 
in 95, so after that first run, comes out the same year as Pocahontas, mm-hmm. and it's just a clearly a better movie. And then starts to, we start down this path of the slow transition away from Disney Animated, where they did that second run, and then by 2000, Toy Story had already made Bugs Life and the second Toy Story, and that's when Disney starts to really go down, because that's that becomes Treasure Planet and Atlantis. Good Dinosaur? And, Is that at that time, 2000? Uh, the, just Dinosaur. Oh, Dinosaur, yeah, yeah, Pixar yeah. Pixar does Good Dinosaur way, way later. But, right. But, like, Pixar dominated, like, 2000 to 2010, and Disney just stopped making good movies for the most part. <laughs> we can't keep up with them. Yeah, I mean, all, <laughs> all those movies from that era, like I said, like, yeah, Treasure Planet and, and Atlantis and, I like... I don't even remember that. Was the road Bear. to El Dorado done by them? Was something else? Okay, no. it just felt like it would be you with got all the same of them. Brother Bear, you got Dinosaur, yeah. You got Princess and the Frog. You got oh, like, yeah. um, I think the first good one they make in twenty is twenty ten, and it's Tangled, and that starts to be because they started making three D movies, and then like it starts to go forward, then it's like Tangled, Wreck It Ralph, Big Hero Six. I don't like Frozen. That twenty ten is basically a decade ago. Makes yeah, me feel real weird. Um, <clears throat> so moving on to critical, this movie's got an eight point three, which is the eighty sixth movie on the top two fifty. Honestly, feels like it should be higher than eighty six. Um, one hundred percent on the tomato meter, ninety two by audience, and that uh, someone was saying that Toy Story three is the only one without one hundred percent. It's like in '94. So interesting because most people consider that to be the best one. I know. God, the end of that movie always makes me cry. When they're all gonna go down and then they get saved. Well, no, or, when they're all sitting on the porch and Andy drives away. Yeah, it's just like I, I don't know. It just feels I, the feeling of like childhood being gone. Yeah, is and it's, I know. they do such a great job. Each movie has <clears throat> a beat like that. That's that's like so sweet and. Uh, yeah, it's. I'll be really curious to see what you guys all think of Toy Story Four when you see it. It's, yeah, I can't wait to watch it. I've seen um, not polarizing reviews, but like kind of reviews like yours, where yeah. it's like a little more matter of fact, understanding how great it is, but also you know saying maybe this. Should, I don't think you actually say it should end, but it, and then there's other ones like I think Roca's was just like glowing. gushing, glowing. Like I, feel, I mean, if I'm if I'm <clears throat> without spoiling anything about the movie, what I would say is that it's, it's maybe the funniest Toy Story movie. Okay, it's really funny. That's it's, good. The jokes are great. It, the beats, it moves. It gets all the humor right of like the previous movies, and it gets all the cleverness. Mm-hmm. The animation is stunning. It, like compared to this first movie, it really shows you where we're at with 3D animation. It looks incredible. Right. It's more just like I'm not totally sure it needed to happen. I, I think I think about that movie and I'm just like, did I do I feel like the franchise gained anything by adding by a fourth movie? It. And I think for me the answer is kinda no. But does it lose anything by doing it? Eh, not really. Right. No. That's just, probably why. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's mm-hmm. I think it'll go down and regarded by people probably similarly to Toy Story Two, in the sense that it's less significant than one or three, but still great. Probably like one, three and then either two or four in yeah. that order. Yeah, I mean they're all great. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing four movies. <clears throat> what's your uh, what's your favorite line? Um, I think probably my favorite line is. I think it's it's the one that was in the chat earlier. That's falling with style. Really? That's not flying. That's falling with style. Yeah, because like, I, mean, I like that one, and I also like when he says, "I, I like when Buzz is like we." Um, uh, we don't we don't practice revenge on my planet, but we're not right. on my planet. We're not on my planet, are we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are great. I have I know I actually have a couple uh, like snarky ones in there. I love the uh, the word I'm looking for. I can't say because there are preschool toys yeah, that's, present. That's a really good I line. love that line. And then uh, the I'm Mrs. Nesbit moment yeah. <laughs> from from Tim Allen and Buzz is arguably my favorite moment in the whole movie, yeah. where he's just lost his mind. Yeah, he's well, just gone off the deep end. That I I truly 
adore. Well, we were dying laughing because of like our personality types. Like he's all like he's all like hammered drinking the tea, and he's like, "Buzz, you gotta snap out of it." And I was like, "I was like, you're definitely Mrs. Nesbitt. And I'm definitely Woody." <laughs> been there, man. We've been there before. Uh, oh, and I also really love that you are a sad, strange little man. Yeah, I Farewell, also love when he Vulcan. snaps out of. I love when he snaps out of it for a second. He goes. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, a little very depressed right now. Depressed right now. (laughs) (laughs) Those are like true adult moments that you can really love in the film. Um, As for our AMA question of the week, I'm not sure that we we truly have one, and it might have been through basically that that career defining role one is basically one that you and I stemmed from. We we, we just we we, that was something we could not stop talking about last night when watching the film, and. yeah, yeah. so uh, a couple things to shout out here, guys. We have a few minutes left on the show today. Um, we, did we already talk about Critical and Box Office or no? Uh, yes, we did. We did. We got through there. Yes, <laughs> we made it. Uh, sometimes I just stop listening. That's. I mean, you, uh, you've listened to me talk for years and years. Minutes at a time. <laughs> um, but uh, so so uh, instead of AMA questions, something that we'll announce here, because we talked about this on our live stream, um, we have been doing the show for a long time and we've covered some movies that are not technically action movies but there's a lot of movies that people have asked about over the years they would love to hear us do an AMA for and so we have a new thing we introduced on our Patreon mm-hmm. um, patreon.com slash team action you can go check that out where basically at the captain tier so it's the $25 tier and this is obviously a very like a special thing if you guys want to do this but just so you know um, Drew and I are now going to be offering on our live streams miniature AMAs yeah. so like 10 minute versions of this so you get a fist bump favorite line thesis statement and we're going to be doing them for people at the captain level on patreon because we get so many requests to talk about movies that we don't necessarily have the time to come in and do a full episode on or that just don't fit the genre we can't really bend the rules totally and so that's the thing you can do now if you want to go and you want to hear us do a full review of a movie you love go check out patreon.com slash team action you'll be supporting us and what we do and uh you know and, and you can suggest a movie there and then send it in so that's a, that's a cool perk now for the captains in the action army yeah really excited to do that it's gonna be great to be able to cover <clears throat> movies that we would like to cover on the show that we just can't although maybe in a couple more years we'll be covering things like uh the devil rolls prada on, yeah. on ama uh there actually are some questions that that paul denuzio forwarded to us and um there's five of them i don't, I don't think we'll get through all of them but i do want to ask this these first two so if toy story hadn't made a ton of money what would have happened to pixar in 3d animation mm. uh if like this movie wouldn't have been a success that it was and I mean that's a big that's a big kind of who knows, but it definitely would have set it back. I feel like at least a couple years. Yeah, I mean at least five. I feel like because like imagine having Tom Hanks in a movie, and at the same time, Tim Allen was very famous because of oh, yeah. because of the of Home Improvement, and then like it just not landing. Like the graphics look bad, the story doesn't hit, and then it's the first time it's ever happened. I think people would have really just shied away from it until. Until maybe she just started becoming way more prevalent in, in real, like, practical films? I mean, even with a success, even with the success of this movie, it still took four more years for a sequel and three more years for another Pixar film. Mm-hmm. If this movie had bombed, who's to say we ever would have gotten a Toy Story sequel? Right. Uh, and without a Toy Story sequel, I don't know if that springboards us into the new millennium fast enough to get us to Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo and these other movies that became classics in the genre. Bugs Life's not very good. It's yeah. it's pretty forgettable. Pretty so, medium. So if, you, if this movie's just okay... Maybe Bugs Life is the next movie. I, I don't know, but maybe it's not. It's totally possible that if Toy Story hadn't been the success that it was, this goes down a different road, and we don't get the kind of the kind of we, movie that we got. We would have maybe never gotten Pixar. Yeah, like I mean, it would have came and maybe just went. Which maybe maybe been DreamWorks. Would have, maybe DreamWorks would have won the fight. Yeah, you know, 
which is just hilariously outmatched at this point. Yeah, I mean, now, because now, like, the craziest thing about the animated genre... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. ...is that it's not just Pixar anymore. Pixar still makes great movies, and a lot of what they make are terrific, but it's like, Pixar makes great stuff, DreamWorks makes great stuff, Blue Sky makes great stuff, Illumination makes great stuff. Illumination, that was the other one I was trying to remember. I think there's another one, too, I'm forgetting. There's, like... There's like five animated studios now. Every major studio has an animated arm, and who, those who does the Lego movies? Uh, that must just be Disney, right? Is it just Disney straight up? That yeah, makes sense. Or Warner Brothers, maybe? I mean, Lego Batman's Warner Brothers. God, so good. The movie's great. Larnet. Yeah, so great. Um, could this film have worked with different actors supplying the voices of Woody and Buzz? Well, that gets us to our next segment here that yeah. I think we'll uh, we'll hold that for just a second. Oh, and these are all from Josh Ryan, by the way. Josh Ryan is one of our favorite Josh Ryan sports. Oh, good. Denuzio okay. forwarded them from him. Uh, he's been kind of like the AMA question heavy hitter for four years now. For so a long time. I appreciate all these from Josh. Josh, I think to answer your question, let's get into uh, <clears throat> section 8B of the outline. 8B. Cage versus Cruise. 1995. You could have easily cast Nick Cage or Tom Cruise in one of the starring roles in this movie. That could have happened. Yeah, you definitely could have. Reach for the sky. <laughs> There's a snake in my boots. Oh, wait, no, they're just snakeskin boots. Cruise could have totally played... Buzz. Yeah, yeah, 100%, right? Like, what if Tom Cruise plays... I mean, he obviously wouldn't deliver it like, to infinity and beyond. Like, he wouldn't have done it like that. I would have hated Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a space ranger. A space ranger. Ranger. I Albert space, Fritter? Yeah. I think Space Ranger is the word you're looking for. <laughs> Nick Cage. What would Nick Cage... You're a toy! Yeah. It's all you are. It's all you are. It's all you are, Buzz. You're a toy. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, there's something so playful and lovable about these two guys' voices, and there's also something so cartoony about them. Right. Like it, it, Not to say that Tom and, and Nick couldn't have done it. I just actually don't... Actually, no. I don't think they could have done no, it. No, they're too serious. These guys are both yeah. like super everyman, likable... Um, what if what if Denzel had been cast to play a Buzz or Woody? All right, okay, I'm a space ranger. <laughs> <laughs> They'd give him a different walk. Ninety five, Will Smith could have done it. He might have, that I, oh, they could have cast Will Smith. I could see that. Will Smith could have been uh, Buzz. I yeah, think. I think definitely. That been, I think he actually could have been Woody also. But what I about think, like Hoffman as Woody? Yeah, that could have worked. That could have worked. Ninety five for yeah. sure. For sure. The time. That's a good, that's a good comp. That'd yeah. been interesting. Hoffman and Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. I mean, that's always it's always crazy. Like, if you guys, I don't know if you, any of you guys have ever looked it up, but um, you can listen to Chris Farley as Shrek. There's a full, oh yeah, there's a full like six minutes of him like doing a bunch of scenes where it's been like storyboarded, and you can like hear him actually just as Shrek. Well, because it wasn't supposed to supposed to be him. It was supposed to be him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll never get over the loss of Farley. No, I. I, I still go back and watch that Adam Sandler special yeah. where he sings. I cry every time. Every single time. Especially the, just thinking about my dad. I part. know. Yeah. It gets it's me. It's brutal. Yeah. Or, and he also says, there's the other line too right after that when he says, uh, hey buddy, life's moving on, but you still bring us so much joy. Whether yeah. it's watching YouTube clips with my kids or watching Tommy Boy. Yeah. Like, That's crazy. YouTube didn't even exist. Right. And your, your kids were not born when Chris Farley was alive, but you can still show them clips from YouTube and they probably die laughing because the, he's the funniest guy there ever was. I remember, it might be it might be my, my girlfriend now. I don't, yeah. I, feel, I don't think she was very familiar with Chris Farley. And there was one night where I got caught up showing her videos. Yeah, yeah. I did, did. And I showed her, after I showed her a few videos, <clears throat> of course I showed her Van Down by the River, I showed her the Chippendale sketch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then we watched the tribute and yeah. she was 
appalling. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And Chippendales is like the great, like there's, there's actually Spike TV when they were Spike before they became the Paramount Network did, they do those uh, specials, those documentaries, like I am Chris Farley, I am yeah. Green Roger. You can watch the I am Chris Farley one and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's so good. His it really full story. is. Yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, we are going to get into the next part of the show, and that is there are three action movie categories. Hmm. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Uh, this is an interesting one. Yeah, I think this movie... I think this movie's totally legit. I think so, too. Because it just succeeds across the board. It doesn't really ever lose you. You're never like, oh, that's really a silly part of this movie. It didn't need to do that, or it lost me, or they try here and it doesn't work. The one thing you did mention... Which yeah. I know is some people's fist pump moments, and I actually even wrote it in as my fist pump moment, but then I changed it, was when Woody says, so play nice. Yeah. Uh, that's the only part, because you were like, well, then why wouldn't have all the other toys that, that Sid was destroying and ever torturing done ever have done that? Well, yeah, so I think, and what I was saying last night about it is like, it's a it's a gimmick that works for this movie. Oh, Garth McMurray says William Shatner is Buzz. That actually would have been great. Yeah, it would Kirk. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um it's it's one of those things where it makes sense in the f- context of one movie. If you write the script, like, okay, so this is the part where the toys are going to come alive and scare the kid. Right. It doesn't work when you expand the universe and make multiple movies because then it's it's not explainable anymore. Why wouldn't they just do that in every movie to get out of any situation? Because exactly. talking toys would freak out humans. Um, <laughs> but, like, in this particular situation, in an 81-minute movie, it makes sense. Like, all right, we're going to make one of these. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, it's just that he was successful. So I even love when he runs back inside and then his sister scares him finally. Yeah. I love his sister. Yeah, she's, she's so great. like cute and you feel so bad for her. Um, yeah. So I think totally legit. And I, I think everyone in the chat agrees as well. It, it's like, it's funny, emotional. Matt, Matt Kearns here says it's funny, emotional, and it never talks down to the audience, which is uh, completely true. I saw Kearns today post a post <clears> thing. He didn't think he would ever see the day the Toy Story was covered on AMA. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Kearns doing a great job on Twitter. Kearns. Kearns runs the Twitter for us. Yeah. Uh, for action industry so uh love love that love that um, uh, right, denuzio guys. here sorry really quickly i know we're getting really close he says one big question that universe wise why did buzz not know he was a toy i'm not really sure i think because that's i think because he just gets opened out of the box and for him it feels like he landed in his spaceship yeah i think that's and i think that's kind of the the idea with a lot of these these movies is that you the character has to learn that. Like, yeah. I think. I mean, I can't remember two and three as well, but it seems like the that's kind of the deal is that the character has to, the toy has to learn they're a toy and accept it. And like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not yeah. really sure. But for the context of this movie, it totally works. Works for me. Um, so there's only one last thing left to talk about on the show this week, and that's called The Pitch and My oh. Bow. Wow. <laughs> and We're going to be doing uh, Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings. Fellowship Give him a the... moment for pity's sake. <laughs> Boromir. Boromir. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Boromir for an hour next week. Yeah, it's going to be terrific. Um, if you Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, if you guys are $10 patrons, yet, there's actually a live watch-along we did, yeah. um, specifically like you know just for patrons. It was just us on a couch um, watching the movie. But uh, if you want to watch that before, you can you can see some of our extended thoughts on the film. Um, and uh, Otherwise, though, get hyped, man. We're excited to talk about this show. We, we love this We love this movie. It was so much fun to watch it together and talk about yeah. it. And so uh, that's going to be a really, really good one for you guys to watch. And also, we have a special episode we're doing of The Action Guys, which is each of our top nine characters yes. in the Lord of the Rings franchise. We're going to each pick our top nine, um, but on that Lord of the Rings episode, we're going to give you guys some of the honorable mentions. Yeah, so, people that don't make our fellowship. Yeah, exactly. You can hear that on next week's episode. So quick shout-out to the generals in the Action Army. We've got Andrew Hayes, Paul Denuzio, Billy Belford, Billy Bedford, John Getz, Jonathan Peck, and John Patterson. A lot of Johns. We salute you. We salute you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back, same time, same place, next week. Bye.
From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.